1: Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Doing very well. Glad to have you. So let's start out with this market, and I almost hesitate to even call it that at this point. How long do you should we expect it to be before we see any real movement in your mind?
2: I think a couple of weeks. And I know what you're alluding to is the fact that this market is expected to be pretty cold. And I think that's definitely right. But I don't think uh, we've really ever seen like the NBA style market where uh, at the stroke of midnight, you start seeing guys sign. You know, that's never really been the way baseball works. Traditionally, you know, November is a little bit about circling the wagons and then it starts to heat up. Right before you know where the winter meetings used to be, I think obviously that's going to be a big change. But considering everything that's happening, you know, not not even limited to baseball. I mean, look at what the main story of the day is today. I'd be surprised if there's any real moves for at least like three or four weeks.
0: Now, Mike, look at looking at the free agent market the way it is, and everybody talking about we're going to stop and wait and evaluate and try to calculate our finances and see what you know, becomes available. Yesterday we had a good discussion here about, you know, what team could be that one team, that salmon, that's swimming upstream and goes the opposite and tries to scoop up players that uh, maybe are out there for a cheaper price.
2: Well, I hate to pick the chalk because it's kind of boring, but, you know, the answer that everybody would give to that question is the Mets pretty obviously because they finally got some incoming ownership who who are willing to spend. But if I'm going to go somewhere else – uh, let me give you a different team. I would actually be interested in saying the Dodgers here, and the reason for that is uh, the Dodgers are always pretty opportunistic, and they don't really have a ton of money on the books. Obviously, yes, they just signed Mookie Betts for sure, but if you look at the rest of their roster. Um, most of these guys are not under long-term contracts. Even Kershaw at the moment is not signed long-term. You know, you've got arbitration-eligible guys, like impending free agents like Bellinger, Seager, Max Muncy, and that is definitely a team where, even though they, they are traditionally known for having a big payroll, like they've got some flexibility. And if they see an opportunity to add more depth to improve that team, even though they just won, I could definitely see them doing it.
1: So you're telling me, Mike, that one of the best baseball teams that I've ever seen is now going to go out into a market that is probably going to have a market inefficiency of adding good players, which I can't believe I just said that, but here we are in 2020. They're going to see that market inefficiency. They're going to take to it. And now they're going to potentially get even better going into
2: next year. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Isn't, isn't that funny how it works? <laughs> you have, you have the best people running your team and you have a well-funded ownership group and you have a market that is built explicitly for helping that. And uh, I think they're going to be really good next year. I know that's a hot take. Uh, So
1: that makes a lot of sense. Uh, We were talking earlier today because we're watching, of course, as everybody was last night, and I'm sure that you were glued to this as well, Mike. The Gold Glove uh, Awards (laughs) were announced last night, and Nolan Arenado was on the show, and they asked him about his future out in Colorado, and as you probably know, he is quite the character here in St. Louis. We love talking about Nolan Arenado and when or if he could be traded for here in St. Louis. Do you think that there is a team specifically here in St. Louis, that could look at his deal and say, you know what, if the Rockies are willing to eat some of that, maybe this is actually the perfect time to strike and go make a trade for him because now maybe we don't have to give up the prospect haul that we otherwise would in a typical offseason.
2: Yes. Like, like everybody else, I was absolutely watching the gold (laughs) gloves last night and nothing else at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do, I do understand why the Cardinals and the Cardinals fan base more specifically would have an interest in Nolan Arenado. Like how could you not Right? He's an elite defensive third baseman. And he's one of those guys where even though he didn't have a good hitting season this year, there are players where that would concern me, but but not for him because of his track record, because he's so young. Like I, I wouldn't even worry for a second about the fact he didn't hit that well. So to answer your question, yes, he's a phenomenal fit. He's obviously got a lot of issues with the Rockies. My concern here is not so much about the St. Louis end of this, but the Colorado end of it, because it's just so complicated that I'm not sure how they, they make this work. Because not only does he have this big long deal that's, uh, you know, he signed it for eight years and $260 million last year. So a team has to be willing to handle that, but he's got a no trade clause that he would have to agree to waive, and he's got an opt out. And, you know, it's hard to get guys to guarantee to not exercise that opt-out. So now if you're the Cardinals, what are you trading for? Are you trading for seven years, and are you giving up a prospect package for that? Or are you expecting him only to be around for a year or two? And then if you're the Rockies, they're not going to give him away just for the the thrill of not paying the contract. Like, that's what the Marlins did with John Carlos Stan, right? They didn't get much talent out of it. The Rockies aren't going to do that. They're not going to want to pay for it. They're not going to eat it and they're going to want talent back, you know? So, like, all of those things in combination, it makes it hard for me to see him getting moved uh, to anybody, not just St. Louis. Now, Mike, to to
0: talk a little bit here more locally about some free agents and the market just being kind of crazy where uh, it is right now, obviously, Wayno and Yachty are are at the top of everyone's list here in St. Louis, fan favorites. Wayne uh, will be a St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Famer. Yachty could potentially, and in my opinion, be a Hall of Famer. Uh, At the end of his career, what does the market look like for those two players? And at the end of the day, would it maybe be in their best interest to circle back and stay in St. Louis?
2: uh, Their market, I think, is a one-year deal apiece, maybe like one and an option, right? I know Molina's talked about wanting two, but he's going to be 38 years old next year. Wainwright is going to be 39 years old next year. Those guys at that kind of age, they just don't get multiple-year deals. Now, certainly, um, Wainwright has been really impressive the way he's been able to continue being a successful pitcher, you know, throwing endless curveballs. And, you know, even though Molina's bat isn't quite what it once was, he certainly got that reputation behind the plate. So it's not like we're talking about guys who are going to have trouble finding jobs. Like, they will certainly be able to find roster spots. But there's not going to be teams out there saying, oh, yeah, three-year deals, please come here. And so that's not going to, that's not going to be the differentiator for them. I don't think Is money necessarily. It's going to be, where do they want to play? You know, does Wainwright want to go back home to Georgia? Does Yachty uh, want to be a lifelong St. Louis Cardinal? I I don't know the answers to those, but I I would be surprised if either one of them is out there getting two year, three year, four year deals.
1: We're talking to Mike Petriello, MLB network and MLB.com baseball analyst. Give him a follow on Twitter as well at Mike underscore Petriello. So, Mike, we talked with Bill DeWitt III, the Cardinals team president, last week, late last week, and we talked to him specifically about the Cardinals' payroll, and he basically said, hey, if you tell me how many fans we can have in the stands next year, I can tell you what our plan is for the offseason. The problem, of course, is we're probably not going to know that until late, late in the offseason, so it's hard to be able to say exactly what the payroll is going to be. So if we assume that they're not going to spend a whole lot this offseason – Who are some players that in your mind going through some of the statistical analysis you think could be bargains out there that can improve this Cardinals lineup that we've been trying to improve now for the last three, four, five years?
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. And just real quick, I I agree with him to some extent, too, because when you think about signing a free agent, why do you do it? You know, you sign him to win games, certainly, but also because big ticket free agents sell tickets and that might not be a, a benefit from that this year. So I understand that part of it. I think the question you asked is somewhat hard to answer just because we have this list of free agents that are out there right now, you know, the guys who had their their contracts expired or their options declined. But I don't even think this is the beginning of it. I I think what's going to actually happen is in a couple weeks before arbitration decisions are due, you're going to see guys getting non-tendered. And what that basically means is that they don't want to pay them what they're likely to get in arbitration. You know, so I I think we don't even know all the names who are out there yet. So there's that. Uh, And then the other part of it is if you look at the Cardinals, they do have some flexibility in, in positions, right? Like, is Tommy Edmond going to play second base or third base, or are you going to play Matt Carpenter again every day? We don't know, by the way, if there's going to be a DH next year. That's a huge part of it that we don't know. So it, a lot of it is just trying to figure out who you already have at who you are willing to replace, like, are you committing the Dexter Fowler playing every single day or, or not? And I think then from there, once you do that, once you get your budget and once you even know the rules, if you're going to have a DH or not, then you can go out there and find players. It's so complicated.
1: I can't believe we are into the off season, And I know you're absolutely right, Mike. Even in a typical offseason, there's not a whole lot of activity that would be taking place right now. But the fact that we're actually into the offseason and these teams in the National League have no idea whether or not they're going to have a DH or not going into the season is just wild to me. I I can't believe that this is where we're at with baseball right now.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. And it's not just for the teams because it's like maybe, you know, it changes your plan, but if not, you can fill in at DH. It certainly changes life a lot for someone like, you know, Nelson Cruz or or Marcelo Ozuna. You know, I don't consider either of those guys everyday outfielders. Cruz is never going to play the outfield again. You know, Ozuna could spot and left a little bit. How do you go out if you're those guys and try to come up with a plan for the winter, not knowing if you can talk to 15 teams or if you can talk to 30 teams? You know, and there's not really, as far as I'm aware, like a set ETA for this happening and that is such a big difference for these teams. I don't I don't know how we're going to navigate that.
0: Mike, do you think the owners are kind of strategically doing some of this? And let me just kind of tell you what I'm thinking is the CBA, although it's a season away, it seems like this is going to be well, it's going to be a bit of a rodeo when that comes up and I'm just wondering if the owners are purposely not declaring the dh yet in order to kind of drive the market downward to keep some of these guys unsigned and unsure and maybe taking lower deals
2: you know i don't think it's that but i do think that there is a strategic aspect to it i'm not sure that the deal that like nelson cruz would take is going to make a big difference either way whether he has you know two leagues to talk to or one but What I think the strategic aspect of it is, is that it's something that the union seems to want. You know, they want these jobs, they are generally higher paying jobs. And so if it's something that the union wants, then that's something that the owners probably feel like they can use as a bargaining chip. So they're not gonna just give it away for nothing, and then we're back into negotiating. And if you remember June and July and all of that, that I try
1: not to well. Mike,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. So I think you're right about it being strategic, but I think it's more about what can we get and a bargaining chip rather than specifically about the, the DHS being paid
1: final question for you, Mike, if we're kind of sticking with this DH theme, cardinals don't really have an obvious answer for dh on their current roster if they do get news let's say in the coming weeks that the national league is going to officially adopt the universal dh moving forward is there a guy out there on the market that that you think would make some sense
2: for the cardinals well i think everybody would want nelson cruz you know if it comes down to that because that guy absolutely pounds the ball and he's never really been considered um as a as a dh guy i'm going to assume a reunion with Marcelo Ozuna is probably not in the cards, but let me give Seems you another unlikely. name. Seems uh, <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, um, I really like Jock Peterson. He's not a great outfielder. He's better than Ozuna. Um, and he can't hit lefties, but, man, that guy can crush right-handed pitching, and that's about three-quarters of the pitching out there. So he would be a guy I'd be interested uh, to sign as as some badly needed power, and he can can manage in the outfield. He's not going to kill you, but he's certainly not someone I would look at as a plus glove.
1: He's Mike Petriello, MLB Network and MLB.com baseball analyst. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Mike underscore Petriello. Mike, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us. All the best to you and your family.
2: Thanks, guys. Take care.